I was contacted by Shauna Housley this morning, who asked us to share a message on behalf of her and her family. They would like to thank everyone who attended the memorial service for their son Elliot last night, and all those who shared their grief and what happy memories they had of him. They would like to extend a special thanks to Sophia Cardenas for singing a song she composed for their son, and to the Faceless for covering funeral costs and the installation of a memorial plaque down by the river. She would also like to thank Mother Nature for the meteor shower that came with the twilight shroud, for one last beautiful display of light for her son. I am sure we will all think of Elliot now, when we see those burning chunks of the cosmos streak across the wide, star-speckled sky. All are blessings the Housleys will not forget any time soon. It seemed like the whole community was there, standing in support, brought together by one of the most unimaginable losses. All of us standing side by side, hearts like candles against the darkness, flickering in the wind, but never going out. All of us, except, and not to take away from honoring Elliot, but has anyone seen Mayor Simon recently? I mean, it feels like it's been a significant amount of time since we've heard from him, let alone seen him. <clears throat> For no reason at all, we are going to stop talking about this. But, Mayor Simon, if you're listening, send us a sign. An update on Tanner Walling. He is still an adult, and this change seems irreversible. Not that Tanner seems even remotely upset by this. Despite him only being gone a few months, he insisted in our recent conversation that he grew up on track and spent the last 15 years becoming the person he is today. He is also looking for work, if anyone was looking to hire someone. He says he can be contacted via carrier pigeon, through throwing rocks with messages tied to them through his bedroom window, and through email. Whichever's easiest. We here at the station would like to once again say, Welcome back, Tanner. Best of luck on all your endeavors. Weather forecasts for this week, according to the napkin scribbles weatherman Todd wrote for me during our usual meeting at Mountain View Diner, are looking like springtime might be just around the corner. Highs above zero for every day this week, though, as with all things in nature beyond our control, that is subject to change. Here's a little challenge for you, Brayden. Who can spot the first albino robin of the season? Snap a pic and tag the station on whatever social media account you'd like for a chance to win. Win what, you may ask? 
You'll find out. In today's news, we have an update on the incident at the science fair. The party initially thought to be at fault, who will remain anonymous, has since been released from custody after authorities confirmed she was not responsible for the tragic series of events that unfolded. This was also following her admission that she was not psychically or otherwise supernaturally gifted. Apparently, every prediction she made was completely invented on the spot, and she's just that good at guessing, which I'd say is a pretty cool gift all the same. And I mean, in hindsight, you can't really arrest a psychic for knowing something was going to happen. Not that she in this situation turned out to be a psychic. I'm just not sure that's a crime. Is it? It is? I'm getting a look from Martha, oh, and a note from Jordan. Huh. I did not know that. Apparently, in Brayden, it's illegal to have psychic visions of disaster. Which makes no sense at all. I'm not even psychic, and this vexes me. I mean, as far as I'm aware, you don't get to control what you see. I just thought she was actually responsible for... No? Because it's a little weird, then, that she managed to guess everything that happened. That's... Hmm. Well... Anyways, an investigation is still ongoing, but classes at the middle school have since commenced as normal. We here at the station wish everyone involved in what will now be known as the Science Fair Incident, a recovery that is speedy and painless as can be. And now, a word from today's sponsor, the Braden Wildlife Association. Here's a friendly wildlife tip. The thing that stalks the grain silos at night is very lonely and the last of its kind. If you hear it wailing, the respectful thing to do is ignore it. Leaving out snacks for it, such as cosmic brownies or moose jerky, is the compassionate thing to do. Looking directly at it is the dangerous thing to do. It may steal some livestock every once in a while, but that is not reason to confront it or attempt to scare it off. Consider it rent payment. You're living on its land, after all, not the other way around. We received a message from town council during the break, letting us know that Mayor Simon is fine. That's it. That's all it says. Mayor Simon is fine. This makes me feel all the more curious and all the less comforted. Mayor Simon, wherever you are, we truly and sincerely hope 
You are fine. Thank you, Town Council, for letting us know. looking at Martha, and she's shaking her head. Oh, she just shrugged her shoulders. <laughs> Jordan? Nope. James? Not sure what I expected there. I guess there's no more news today. Which makes sense, I suppose. Small town, things don't happen every day. Well... We still have some air time. What should we do to fill it? I'm pretty hesitant to take calls, as that can go pretty badly, pretty fast, and by badly, I mean censored. Why don't we... Hmm. Let's listen to my voicemails. You listeners out there are already so involved in my personal life, I don't really have a whole lot to hide anymore. Most of it's under the mattress in my trailer, or buried in a secret location known only to me anyways. <laughs> Let's have a listen. You have six new messages. First message, yesterday, 10.28 a.m. There is currently a need for blood in your area. A little tip for you folks. A surefire way to tell whether the call is coming from Canadian Blood Services or a vampire nest in your area. The Canadian Blood Services message is voiced by a woman. Besides, they can't call if you're not a registered donor, and no one in Brayden can legally donate blood anymore. Not after Dr. Olson's discovery. Let's move on to the next one. Second message, yesterday, 1.17 p.m. Third message, yesterday, 3.23 p.m. Hi, Jess. Uh, Officer Carlton here. Sorry to bother you, but I'm gonna have to remind you again that you can't really park your trailer where it is. I really don't want to have to give you a ticket, because I know it's hard to find a spot. And, I mean, it's your home and all, but apparently that patch is part of some new protected government land or something. If you don't move it by the end of the week, I'm told I'll have to find you and tow you. Anyways, uh, hope you're doing well. Keep up the good work on the radio. Thanks for reaching out, Carlton. Uh, if you're listening, I'll figure something out. Message, 12.01 a.m. Hey, Jess. It's Tanner. Uh, uh, about what we talked about last night? I think you might be onto something. The, uh... Look, the, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Something's going on. I didn't tell you everything last night, because 
I wasn't sure how safe it was to say, but... Call me? I think we should talk again. Soon. Just... Let's forget about that one for now. Message, 2.09 a.m. Hey Jess, it's Lizzie. You know, Lizzie Shaw. You're probably asleep right now, sorry. I couldn't remember the station number, so I thought I'd just call you, but... Uh, I, I think I got a thing. Like, something. I mean, I think. It really could be nothing, though, so... I didn't want to call the police and then it end up being stupid or whatever, but, uh, yeah. Basically, for the past three nights, well, four, because tonight, too, I've seen something weird. The first time, I couldn't sleep, and it was around this time of night, and I was looking out the window. I'm not really sure why. It was like a, an impulse thing, really. There were these people, men. At least, it was dark, but I'm pretty sure they were, like, person-shaped beings in suits. They were just walking around the neighborhood. There were three. They would stand at the end of people's driveways and just wait for a bit. It was really creepy. I only watched for a bit and then they got close to my house and I just had the feeling I shouldn't let them see me. The next time I was sleeping over at Ashley's house. Ashley Newman, she lives a few streets over. And I saw the same thing. I couldn't sleep, it was after midnight, and there were the same person-shaped things in suits. The next night, I saw it on my street again, and I got a better look. One of them was holding, like, a... a suitcase thing. Anyway, I'm sitting in my living room, and I saw them at the end of the block, and so I called you. They're... Wait. Which house are they at? I'm at the kitchen window at the side of the house, so it's a little less, well, obvious, but I can't see them anymore. Maybe they made their way down to- <gasps> Wait. There's someone at the door. Oh, my stomach just dropped. I have this, this really bad feeling. Like something sucking all the light out of the room, but not the light you see, you know? I'm gonna answer it. I have to answer it. They know I'm here. Shit, they'll wake my mom. Um, I I'll call you back in the morning. Message, 6.12 p.m. Hey, Jess. It's, uh, it's Clark. Dr. Olson. I heard you and Tanner Walling went out into the fields last night to watch the meteor shower. I guess that's illegal, um, but right, it's not what I'm calling about. I just wanted to, uh, to remind you that apparently it's winter tick season, whatever that is, even though you probably already know that, uh, and to have someone check your hair just to make sure you didn't pick one up. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Oh, no, also, to answer your question in the last message, no. We should probably talk if your answer is yes. Thanks. Uh, bye. Thank you, Dr. Olson. That's a good reminder for all of us. The ticks are biting. The ticks are hungry. The season of the winter tick is upon us. Be careful. Be diligent. 
be safe. And as always, avoid the tall grass and deep snow if you can. Make sure you're not only checking yourselves, but your dogs, too, after walking in risk areas. Even as the snow starts to melt, there is still a risk present. End of messages. Well, listeners, if this has taught me anything, it's that I should go through my voicemail a lot more and probably not do it on air. Martha is now giving me the signal for go to a break. So, listeners, if you'll excuse us, we'll be right back. It doesn't get any easier reporting this, no matter how many times we keep having to. But folks, Lizzie's father called during the break. Apparently, she's been missing all day. The Shaw family have already been in contact with the RCMP, but if anyone has any information in addition to what new insight this voicemail brings, as always, please speak up and speak out. Lots of things have been happening recently, folks. Tragic things, strange things, things that leave a rotten taste beneath the tongue. So, I will trade you one bad memory of these things for a good memory I have. You are halfway up a mountain lying in a clearing of wildflowers and tall grass. It gives way beneath you and cradles you. There's a low song being hummed on the wind. It's hard to catch, but it's there and comforting. It is mid-morning, so the sun is high, but not toweringly bright. The sky is just the right color. Everything smells of life. There is a clear, fresh stream of water running somewhere nearby, the last remnant of pale winter melting into emerald springtime. You can take back your memory at any time, but you can carry this place with you as long as you need to. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> 